0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to State of the Braves. I'm George McNair. Uh, We have uh, been off for a few days, so I want to get into uh, the Braves' last several games. Uh, The last time we were together, the Braves had concluded a series against the Padres in which they split uh, that four-game series. Since then, they have been to um, Los Angeles to play the Dodgers for a three-game set uh took a day off and then uh just last night I uh, concluded their first game against the Marlins at home. So I want to uh do a little bit of a review of those games. Obviously, it was a little bit of an odd um an odd trip to Los Angeles as the Braves um welcomed or were welcomed by Freddie Freeman. Uh the weirdness of that, I'll get into that in a little bit. I don't want to harp on that, but it's something that probably at least should be mentioned a little bit. Um but let's, let's get into each of these games, how that series went down, and also this first game that the Braves have had with the Marlins. So the Braves ended up dropping two out of three from the Dodgers. Um, of course, every time you go to, to L.A., the Dodgers are a really tough opponent, as we know. The Braves, uh, over the last, really, decade, have not had a ton of success out in L.A., um, and that continued with this series. Two out of three, and in one sentence, you can't be incredibly disappointed or surprised uh, by that outcome. But also the Braves really had some opportunities in these games uh, that they did not take advantage of. Uh, some frustrations that the Braves have experienced, especially offensively, continued in this series. Uh, so the first game particularly, I think, was the, the most frustrating of the three games. Uh, and really a lot of that stemmed from Wasker uh, and Noah's continued struggles. Uh, He did not pitch particularly well in his um, about three innings of work, but really the most frustrating uh, part of this entire game was Brian Snicker's decision um, in in a crunch time situation early in the game to bring in uh, Sean Newcomb, Sean Newcomb the lefty, to to face the lefty Freddie Freeman, uh, and things did not go well from there. What was a uh, three to nothing game, or maybe it was three to one at that point, uh, ended up uh, turning into a, uh, quickly turning into a six to one game, because uh, Newcomb was unable to get out of that situation. And, and, you know, so you think about this, uh, why go to Newcomb in, uh, you know, a game it's, it's early in the game. You're still within striking distance. If you get out of this inning and, and out of this trouble, um, you, you certainly got a lot of game left over, uh, to, to come back. Uh, but when you when you drop drop down by five five or six runs early to the Dodgers, um, the writing might be on the wall. You know, Snitker um, really didn't do a great job of explaining his decision why he would go to pretty much what everybody knows is his worst pitcher in the bullpen in this kind of situation. Um, uh, he basically tried to explain away. Well, you know, I don't I don't want to blow the rest of my bullpen. Uh, but that didn't really make sense because uh, most of the bullpen had been saved in the previous, uh, the final game against San Diego. So, anyways, it, it just was a a weird decision. And then after the game, uh, you you end up having Wasker and Noah sent back to AAA, and Sean Newcomb was DFA'd. Uh, so just strange all around. I, I kind of wonder if there is a, a disconnect between Snicker's belief in Newcomb, and maybe uh, maybe it was. Um, Anthopolis' decision to, to DFA him and just get him out of the the system altogether. You know, it's one of those things we talk about Sean Newcomb. He came in, you might remember, in the Andrelton-Simmons trade at the time, Sean Newcomb was a, a kind of a top prospect in the Angels Angel system, this big lefty who had a lot of promise. Uh, and, you know, we saw flashes of that over his years as a brave. Uh, he almost no-hit the Dodgers a few years ago. But Newcomb was uh, perpetually... Um, frustrating and disappointing player he could never consistently find the strike zone it's like he never knew where the ball was going to go he'd have moments of looking uh just tremendous and then other other moments where you thought he, he'd he never find the plate again so uh you know and he was no longer a young guy I mean this is about five years of Newcomb being in the Braves system and just not being able to do much uh he he uh, played some regular season games last year uh, for the Braves, but he was never put on the postseason roster. Uh, he did end up sticking with the Braves long enough to get a World Series ring. I mean, so I guess you feel good for the guy for that. But, but he's going to move on as he was traded to the Cubs um, for old friend Jesse Chavez, who was also on the Braves' World Series roster and had a lot more um, to do with the Braves' uh, success uh, in the second half of the year and um in the postseason as well so it's kind of nice to bring Chavez back um he's not a a dominant pitcher by any means but you feel like he at his best can at least be a contributor in that bullpen so I think that's a solid move to to go back and and get him and you know someone who you know and uh you know can be uh, a solid guy in the clubhouse and and a contributor but anyways that game one uh Ended up being a 7-4 to four loss. You know, the Braves do end up scoring four runs, so you feel like, well, shoot, I mean, if, if they could have locked down that early um, that early situation, uh, maybe they would have had a shot to win that game. Uh, game two, the Braves did win that game 3-1. to one. This is the game in which Max Fried, uh, who had kind of struggled in his first two games but also had a lot of bad luck in those games with a lot of soft, soft hits, comes out and just totally dominates the Dodgers. Uh, this was an incredibly perpetual, uh, impressive performance from Freed. One of his better starts that maybe I've ever seen him have um, against a really good Dodgers team, you know, outside of Freed, however, this is continuing to be, you know, the early season um, narrative for the Braves is their offense continues to struggle. So they they got three runs Uh, in some ways you watch that game and um, it feels like, they should have scored six or seven. They had a lot of opportunities to score. They just could not tack on a lot of runs. Um, they got an early uh, home run, solo home run, which is the only home run they they hit right now. Uh, they got an early solo shot from Darno um, off of Walker Bueller, uh, and then they got a check swing prayer <laughs> that found found the outfield from Riley, uh, and then. And then Orlando Arcia, who's actually had a, a very nice start to the season, he he went three for four. Uh, he started. This was you give Snicker some credit here. This was a spot start for him because he he'd had a lot of success off of Bueller, and he goes three for four. Uh, he had a couple doubles, including an RBI double later to tack on that third run. And uh, so you know, it it's great in one sense, but it's also like gosh, uh, Orlando Arcia is the only guy who can come up with a big hit. Um, In a big situation. That's kind of what it feels like right now. So uh, good for him. Hopefully he continues to have some success and is a contributor to this team long term. Um, So anyways, the Braves, uh, without a ton of offensive success, still are able to get that that win uh, in game two of the Dodgers series, uh, mostly thanks to Freed. Uh, game three, uh, Charlie Morton is continuing to struggle on the mound. Um, you know, Morton is talented enough to kind of survive out there without his best stuff, but nonetheless, uh, he's definitely he's not locked in yet. He gave up an early home run to Freeman. Uh, he he it, he was able to get through five and a third innings, which you know is to his credit. But he was, uh, I think his his ball to strike ratio was about 50-50. I mean, he just was not was not sharp at all um, the Braves on the other side of uh, the ball managed only three hits in this game uh, one run and three hits only one hit off of Tony Gonsolin um, who went six innings and you know when Gonsolin's on the mound you kind of feel like okay we got a better shot against the Dodgers here and and I think he has been pretty good this year in the early going but still only one hit off of Gonsolin and you just wonder, what are the Braves doing offensively right now? Their game plan, their their approach, their timing, everything. Um, unless you're Matt Olson, everything just seems to be a little off right now. So with that, you know, the Braves come home. They come home with a 6-8 and eight record. Um, and it, it's nice to have an off day, right? They've had four, 14 straight games with no off day. They get home and uh, things went a little better last night against the Marlins as they uh, win that game three to nothing. Again, the offense is still what it is, right? Not not a lot going on there, but Kyle Wright in this game was tremendous. Uh, a total masterpiece from Wright. He, he threw six innings, 11 strikeouts, only one walk, and only four hits. Uh, he was just in total control in this game. The only real trouble he got into was in his last inning in the sixth. Um, he loaded the bases. Um, with two outs, Snicker comes out. It looks like he's going to take him out. As uh, Darren O'Day was in the the bullpen. Uh, to Snicker's credit, I think he leaves him in, and Kyle Wright got to bounce back to the mound to get out of that to finish his six innings of shutout ball. This is incredibly encouraging. You guys might remember that, um, you know, I I was uh, projecting right to have a good season. Now we're only three starts in, but he has been uh, just a A welcome surprise for the Braves Um, and let's hope that he continues to do this it's gonna be a game-changer for the Braves for that pitching staff if Wright has finally figured it out and it sure seems like he has Um, he just was pounding the strike zone I mean it seemed like every single guy who came up was getting a first pitch strike and it wasn't you know always the fastball he mixes pitches incredibly well um and just the, the level of confidence that he seems to be showing right now is is off the chart. So everything looks good, everything trending up for Kyle Wright, and we'll hope that that continues. Um, again, like I said, not a lot of offense in this game from the Braves. Uh, they got an early run with Marcelo Zuna uh, beating out a double play. Um, Olsen scoring from third, uh, first and third situation there. So um, glad that <laughs> – Ozuna, he's not exactly fast, but at least he um, he hustled down the line and got that run in, and then late in the game, Olsen is able to come through uh, with a two-run double, and that was the only you know um, hit with runners in scoring position all night, um, but in in a game where where you're getting a dominating pitching performance, it was enough. Uh, the other the other note that I'll I'll mention is Travis Demerrit made his Braves debut. Uh, for those who have really been paying attention to the Braves minor leagues over um, the last several years Demerit uh, is a guy who came over um, quite a few years ago in a, in a trade uh, and was a somewhat touted prospect, not top prospect, but always had, it was a guy who had a lot of ability, um, some speed, but definitely a lot of power. Um, but his kind of languished in the minor leagues for a long, long time. The Braves actually traded him away to Detroit uh, and he made, um, Uh, his MLB debut with Detroit, played in parts of two seasons, came back to the Braves uh, and has been in the minor leagues for about a year since then. So his never with all of those years has never actually been able to put on an Atlanta Braves uniform until last night, made his debut. Uh, He's not what you would call um, a young prospect anymore. I think he's like 28 years old, Uh, but for a guy who's just kind of worked a long time, it's cool to see him get back into the majors, be able to play for the Braves. And he actually had a double in his first at bat as a Brave uh, playing in right field last night. So kind of cool for him. I'm I'm certainly happy for him. And maybe he can uh, stick with the Braves. He does have a lot of power. Uh, but like a lot of the Braves, um, a lot of power, but uh, a lot of swing and miss as well. So we'll see if he's able to stick around long term. So those are the games in review. The, the Braves will... Um, We'll continue to play the Marlins uh, tonight. Hopefully they can continue uh, on their winning ways here and get back to 500. They're currently seven and eight. Uh, but I want to get into, you know, a few things that I've noticed over the last several games and, and um, maybe dig a little deeper here. So the first thing I want to dive into is just the sting of um, the Freddie Freeman's return. It's not really his return as the Braves are actually on the road. To the Dodgers, but this very strange, awkward, um, you know, reunion between, between Freeman and the Braves in Los Angeles. Uh, Freeman was, um, was interviewed quite a lot uh, during this, this series, especially before the first game. And, you know, you guys know that I'm, I'm a huge Freddie Freeman fan, uh, incredibly disappointed when he did not return to the Braves. And, you know, I've been processing that and, and trying to move on from that. And Matt Olson has been so tremendous. It, it's made it certainly easier in a baseball sense to move on. But but this series for me just brought back all of these um, emotions, particularly just a confusion. I still am confused in many ways as to why the Braves and Freeman could not come, come together on a deal. Um, and the confusion reigns because, you know, when Freeman is – is interviewed you know it's just very clear he has uh tremendous emotions regarding the braves i mean he he basically broke down in tears when the braves um uh interviewer uh, kelly Kroll was was interviewing him before the game he's just uh, he obviously loves his teammates he loves the city of atlanta all of that comes across as very genuine and it just makes you scratch your head and think well why why did this not get done if, if these emotions are so deep and so real I'm I'm just still confused by by the whole thing and and again, I've come to the determination that that it's kind of to blame on both sides um, and I think Freeman and probably Freeman's um, agents really dropped the ball in how they dealt with this. Uh, but nonetheless, it's just it's a frustration for me and we're gonna again we're gonna see how it plays out long term. But you know I'm still saddened by the fact that Freddie Freeman. Is not a Brave. Uh, and and, all, and this series just brought all of those um, emotions back to the surface for me. It was not a pleasant three games uh, for me to watch. Uh, and on top of that, Freeman was Freeman. You know, he hit a home run in his first at bat against the Braves off of Waskar and Noah. Uh, he goes on in game three and hits a, hits a home run off of Morton. I think he had three hits in that game. And, you know, those of us who've watched the Braves over these many years know exactly who Freddie Freeman is and what he's capable of. And uh, he just continues to do his thing. And unfortunately he's going to be doing his thing in a Dodgers uniform uh, from now on. And the other reality of this series is the Dodgers are good. (laughs) We know it, but when you see it in person, um, the Dodgers are going to be really, really tough to beat. Once again, Uh, I think the Braves ultimately might end up having a better pitching staff. And and that's something that they can hang their hat on. But um, the Dodgers offense is going to be a problem uh, to deal with for sure. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, or the next thing I want to talk about is uh, the shift in Atlanta's pitching staff. Uh, you know, I've already kind of mentioned this, but after that first game in LA, uh, Waskar Noah is sent down to AAA. He's really, really struggled in his first two starts. Um, and hopefully, you know, he has tremendous arm talent uh, and hopefully in A, he can kind of lock it back in. But you do wonder if this might be uh, a situation where when he returns to Atlanta, maybe he goes into the bullpen and not into the starting staff. I also wonder if the Braves could just kind of be waiting on a, an opportunity to trade a Noah. I, I, I don't know where they stand on, on him and his future with the Braves, but I think it's much less clear now that he struggled in these first two starts. Um, and then of course they DFA'd Sean Newcomb and then ultimately ended up trading him to the Cubs For Jesse Chavez, I've already mentioned this, and welcome back, Jesse Chavez. I think he actually was able to receive his World Series ring upon arrival last night before the game with the Marlins. And so, you see, you've seen some shifting very early on in the season, some shifting in the Braves. Pitching staff, recall that they started with a six-man rotation. As of this moment, it looks like it's back down to five-man, unless they decide to bring up somebody else or shift things around even more. Uh, in the coming days. So right now, as it stands, Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson, who will pitch tonight, Bryce Elder, Charlie Morton, and Max Fried are those five, and I like those five. I think it's pretty solid, particularly once you get Charlie Morton more on track, and I'm hoping uh, Ian Anderson, who had a a bad first start and a good second start, I hope that he backs that up with another good start tonight. You know, my one my one question mark is Spencer Strider. He's been so. En- so good uh, out of this like long relief role that they put him in is I just wonder if he might get an opportunity soon and you know the the fluidity of a baseball season and a starting pitching staff I think it's very likely that he might get a a chance here soon the other guy who I think well there's really two other guys in AAA right now who would be on the docket would be Kyle Muller and Tucker Davidson so Davidson started the season with the Braves he's recently been sent down I think simply to get him more more starts um all right so the next thing i want to talk about is really what's been some of the best some of the best performers and some of the worst for performers for the braves thus far in the season and i don't think any of these are going to be particularly shocking to those of you who've been paying attention but kyle wright like i mentioned kyle wright has been so daggone good he's been the best pitcher for the braves um thus far in the season, and um, you know, the numbers, the, the numbers bear that out. And, you know, his ERA is 1.06 uh, in 17 innings pitched. Uh, and here, here's the kicker here, 26 strikeouts and two walks. And anyone who's watched Kyle Wright kind of struggle over the last several seasons, uh, it's been opposite. You know, he, he's always been a guy who, who had the stuff but would frustrate you because he would nibble around the, the strike zone. He can never put anybody away. Lots of walks. And, and so this really makes me, it makes me more of a believer. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that he isn't, isn't going to come across his struggles, but um, it, it sure seems like he's kind of cracked a code here of, of what he needs to do to be successful. So I'm really excited for him and what's coming down the pipe for him. The best hitter for the Braves has absolutely been Matt Olson, which is great for him. You know, when you're a new brave and you're, you are following Freddie Freeman, um, you really i really worried that oh what's going to happen if he you know if he hits two hundred for the first month of the season and is not doing anything um you know that could really create some some more pressure on him and uh of course, the opposite has happened so that's been a wonderful thing um, that's been a wonderful thing for him for sure uh right now he's hitting three eighty nine and a five hundred on base percentage. I mentioned he had the kind of the big hit last night two-run double. Um, some guys were finally on base in front of him. So that was that was great to see. The worst pitcher for the Braves, uh, there's, there's several to choose from. Now, two of them have recently left, right? I mentioned both Inoa and Newcomb. So the, the fact that the Braves made a move on those two, okay, that was good. I mean, it, the Braves pitching staff is better um, right now than it was a couple days ago. Uh, but Charlie Morton, in terms of, you know, our starting pitchers, Charlie Morton, uh, and you could put Ian Anderson here too, but Morton's had three starts um, and and has really struggled, particularly in two of them. So, you know, I'm not worried about Charlie Morton. I think, if you recall, he had kind of a slow start last year. Um, And if you watch him now, I think it's just probably minor tweaks that he needs to make to sharpen up. Um, So he's not there yet, but I think he'll get there um, to be one of those You know cornerstones of the rotation but right now he's definitely struggled Um, he's got a 6.32 era in 15 in a third innings now our worst hitter this is quite the competition here and i'm going i'm going with dansby swanson and but it's between him and, and rosario and and i'll talk about both of them but they have both been pretty darn bad um and, you know, the reasons for that, look, I will say this, both of these guys have historically been really slow starters um, in terms of, you know, April and the first couple weeks of the season. So I'm, I'm hoping that that is just a recurring theme for them, that they're going to both come out of it. Um, and look, if they both come out of it together and start hitting like we know that they're capable of hitting in their hot streaks, then it totally changes what the Braves offense looks like. Totally. Uh, but right now they're just a black hole of strikeouts uh, and um, and weak contact. Um, Dansby Swanson right now is hitting 157. That's with a base hit uh, last night, which I thought the um, the Braves broadcast crew was gonna. You know, it was like they'd won the World Series again when he got he got a base hit. It's like okay, fellas, um, you know we're we're hoping for just we're hoping for more than a single up the middle. But anyways, you know 157 batting average. And on-base percentage of only, like, in the 230s. I mean, Swanson is doing next to nothing, and the biggest number here is 22 strikeouts. Uh, Swanson set a Braves record, in fact, through his first 14 games, 22 strikeouts. That was a Braves record and uh, to start the season. So, uh, literally, probably the worst start <laughs> that any Braves has ever had to start a season. You know, it's just frustrating, because Swanson is not a young player anymore. You know, he's on the last year of his arbitration um, he is, uh, you know, he's he's basically a guy who should beyond be beyond these this level of struggle where he's like he's trying to figure out his swing. Um, he's incredibly off balance, and it just looks it looks like he you know he totally forgets how to hit every off season, and it's just it's just frustrating. You you wish he could be uh, a little more consistent, and he'd be he'd be such a better player for it. Um, Eddie Rosario, now the the batting average is even worse, 079. I mean, he's he's struggling to just put any kind of... Um, you know, the, the thing with Rosario, and I just hope it clicks for him, is when he came, came in with the Braves last year, it was like every swing that he made was finding the barrel. And right now, he's not striking out a ton, actually, and he's getting some walks, um, but it's like he cannot find the barrel to save his life. So... Hopefully it's it's a an adjustment he can make soon. But again, uh, throughout his career, he is a slow starter and he tends to have a really bad April and a really good May. So uh, hopefully that's just going to be the case moving forward, and maybe he can figure it out before May comes around, which would be which would be sweet. You know. So let me let me talk a little bit more about Dansby Swanson. You know, I just wonder here. Here Swanson is. He's in a, He's in the last year of his contract you know, I've already mentioned to you guys in the past that I think this is Swanson's last year, but the problem, the problem with the, that the Braves have with Swanson is they really don't have anybody else to put it shortstop. So if he continues to struggle, he's just going to continue to be, uh, you know, that, um, that nothing contributing, nothing player in the, on the back end of the lineup. So the Braves really do need him to hit. He's, he's kind of a, Uh, you know, a swing player, if he's playing well, the Braves offense, the Braves lineup is just totally different. Uh, But again, they really don't have much place to go. Now, yes, Orlando Arcia is kind of the backup shortstop on this team, and he actually has played decently well uh, when given a few spot starts this year. Um, But he is a part-time player. He's not going to suddenly, um, you know, he's not going to take over the starting spot from Swanson and the Braves don't really have any good internal options. Braden Shumake, uh is at triple a. Uh, he's a, he's a guy who actually is a pretty good defensive shortstop, but offensively it looks like he's got a ways to go. Um, so, you know, the Braves just, they really don't have anywhere to go uh, right now with Swanson. If he continues to struggle mightily, Uh, It's not like you can trade him because now he really has very little trade value. Um, So he just has to simply hit. He's got to turn things around and um, it's got to start sooner than later. And it, it it seems like he is just um, sold out to pull the ball and to try to hit home runs. I mean, that that's what it comes across to me instead of staying behind the ball and just staying up the middle with it, Uh, which I know, you know, good hitters tend to do, and, and he struggles to do that. But the point is, Braves are kind of stuck with him. Uh, he's got to do it, uh, but this kind of reinforces to me, you know, this this level of futility um, that the Braves are going to move on from Swanson. I, I just would be surprised uh, if they determined that he was uh, their best option after this season. Um, now, a little bit of optimism Ronald Acuna looks ready. Uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but in AAA, Acuna has played a few games. Um, he actually took a day off on um, Thursday. And then yesterday, he goes. He comes back into the lineup, goes two for three with a walk. Um, in, uh, in his second at bat, uh, he singles up the middle. He steals second, and then he ends up scoring. And this is classic Ronald Acuna. He scores on an infield single from second base. Right. So the speed is there. The, the the legs are there. Now, you know, the fact that he's taking days off, maybe this is, tells you that his legs are still getting a little bit more into shape. And this is probably more just, um, you know, the doctors giving him extra rest between for a few games. But I think once uh, he plays a couple back to back games, that's going to be the green light. And, you know, a lot of people. Uh, are saying May 6th for his return. I think it's going to be sooner. I really do. Uh, he's, he's making good at bats. It doesn't look like he's, uh, he's lost out there. And, and this is the way that I think like Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman are very similar. Uh, you know, these, these guys who are just next level hitters, they're not like a Dansby Swanson who, who needs a month to get uh, to figure out their swing. He can pick up a bat and pretty much do good things immediately. And uh, so I, I don't think they are going to have to wait for him to figure anything out offensively. It's just a matter of the legs and making sure, you know, he's good to go every day. And of course, with the DH, I, I don't know that he's going to be DHing a lot, but with the DH, it at least gives you an option to get him off his feet a little bit and still keep him in the lineup. So I think he's coming soon and he really needs it because the lineup right now with these guys struggling at the back end, uh, it's a little thin. And I, I want to dive into that just for a minute. You know, let's think about what the Braves lineup, how it changes once Acuna comes in, right, comes back in. And this is the lineup that I foresee um, for the most part. Acuna, Acuna first, Acuna batting first, Olsen second, Riley third, Ozuna fourth. Albies fifth, um, either Rosario or Duval six and seven, Darnault eight, and Swanson nine. Now, if if the back end are hitting, that's a really good lineup. Uh, it's a powerful lineup for sure. Uh, but, you know, the other part that I continually worry about with this with this team offensively is on-base percentage. The ability to consistently get on base, to turn over the lineup. And we see that right now is there's just nobody on base when the top of the order comes back around. You know, you think five through nine, Albies, Rosario, Duvall, Darno, and Swanson. None of these guys are good on-base guys. You know, I love Ozzy Albies, so I, you know he's in a different class than the rest of those guys in in every other regard. But nonetheless, um, you just don't have a lot of guys on base, um, five through nine, and I think that's the weakness of this team. Uh, and I really wonder if Anthopoulos is is thinking to himself. Long term, something might need to change. Now, I'm not saying, you know, make the change now. I know it's early in the season. A lot of things can, can bounce back. But I really do wonder if, um, if you know, there are some precursors um, of what, what might be coming by midseason once Anthopolis is in a situation to, to make some trades and to adjust this roster. Um, for, you know, to be a better team uh, to vie for that, that National League East crown. Uh, the, the way that I see it right now, you know, I mentioned that Swanson, I think you really can't move him. You're kind of locked into Swanson. Um, Rosario, you just gave a two-year deal to with a third-year option uh, for a good bit of money. Um, and I don't think you're moving him either. So the, the, the one guy that I think is a little more movable is Duvall. Now I like Duvall, but, um, you know, the reason I, the reason I note him as I think the most likely guy to move if they were to move somebody, um, is that not only is he another, you know, power hitting low on base guy. Um, but I still believe defensively the Braves need a true center fielder, um, you know, the outfield is a problem. So so we'll see. I'm, I'm not saying it needs to happen now, but I'm, I'm just trying to project long-term what the Braves are going to do with this roster and and the weaknesses that I see offensively right now. If you can kind of imagine having a center fielder, and I don't have a name right now, and I, I've mentioned some guys in the offseason to you, to you who I think would be good fits, but, you know, if you can imagine a guy Who's a high on base guy who can play a true center field in fitting in the middle of that order? It really does lengthen and strengthen uh, this team defensively and offensively, and and I think that needs to be something that Anthopolis considers, and and um, you know we'll see what happens. But uh, all right, so speaking of what what's going to happen, um, you know the Mets and the Braves. Here they are. The Mets have got off to a great start. In the season, um, they're the first team to 11 wins. They're, they're at 11 and four. And, you know, the Braves are looking up at them right now. And yes, of course, it's early. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of baseball to be played. But the Mets have started in a way that makes you think, okay, maybe these guys are for real. Uh, not only are they 11 and four, but they have, um, they've scored 34, 31 more runs than their opponents. The Braves, on the other hand, are lucky to be seven and eight as they have actually scored Eleven runs less than their opponents in um, are seven and eight. So, um, you know the Braves. Yeah, of course they have not played their best baseball, and maybe the Mets are playing a little above their heads. Who knows? But they are definitely scoring a lot of runs. And remember, all of this is without Jacob Degrom. Now the Braves, of course, are, are without Acuna. But um, we're gonna we're gonna see you know how this how this all rolls out. But the the Mets are on a roll, and the Braves need to take note as they are just kind of treading water right now. Uh, this there is an opportunity here in the, in the next week or so for the Braves to get back on track to get over five hundred, while the Mets have I think a little bit of a tougher road. So the Braves have two more with Miami. They uh, they play three with the Cubs, and then three with the Rangers. These are teams that at the very least I think the Braves should be able to come out with a winning um, winning streak against these, maybe come out at f- uh, five and four or six and three against against these teams uh, if they play well and start hitting a little better. The Mets have two more with the Diamondbacks, uh, three with the Cards, and three with the Phillies. So that'll be an interesting early matchup. And so all of this leads into uh, a four-game series with the Mets. Uh, so it'd be nice if the very least, the Braves are not going to catch the Mets at this point, I don't think, but it's, at the very least, be nice if they were able to um, narrow the gap a little bit. And again, I think the Braves are going to target that Met series for Ronald Acuna's return. That is in New York. It'll be an early season showdown, and it would be great if Acuna could uh, could be there for that. All right, Braves fans. Well, the Braves are going to take on the the Marlins tonight. Uh, uh, Ian Anderson is back on the mound. I think you know the Marlins have have pitched really well in the early season, but their offense has greatly struggled. Hopefully Anderson can keep them off the board and the Braves offense can figure a few things out, maybe get a couple hits with runners in scoring position, maybe even hit a home run with somebody on base. Uh, so we will uh, be looking at that series, and hopefully the Braves could even maybe sweep the Marlins, feel good about themselves, and move forward into these next uh, this next week before they lock down with the Mets. All right, y'all. Well, I hope you enjoyed this one and I'll talk to you soon.